I'm Kim Strobel, and this is She Finds Joy. I've struggled with overcoming adversities throughout my life, feeling defeated and not having the confidence to go after what I wanted. But within every adversity, it can also sow the seed for something more in our lives. For me, that is teaching others to step into the arena of bigness, all while doing hard things and reaching for more joy and happiness along the way. I'm a truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach who believes in giving you the tools to create a life you love. Welcome to the zero fluff, no BS advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. Hello, everyone. Today, it's just going to be me. I'm going to be doing the next series of podcast episodes, and I'm going to try to keep them just a little bit shorter because I know that we're all busy. In my She Finds Joy Facebook group last week, I made a post because I had had a string of really shitty days. Do you ever find that when one thing goes bad, then another thing goes bad, then another thing goes bad, then another thing goes bad? Sometimes we call that waking up on the wrong side of the bed. But the bottom line is, We are part of the equation of creating the more bad things in our life because our energy is constantly being put out and it's either positive energy or negative energy and like attracts like that's actually the law of attraction right there and whatever you're putting out there is constantly being rebounded right back to you, which is why we have to take some responsibility for a string of really crappy days. Uh, You know, for me, I'll just tell you, running my own business is really hard. I don't know everything. I don't have everything figured out. I make good decisions and I make bad decisions. I lead my team very strongly sometimes. And other times I am not a good leader on my team. I screw up sometimes. Sometimes I have personal challenges. And last week was really hard for me because I was having a mixture of all of those things. And when we're feeling the heaviness of life kind of feeling very chaotic and like it's going in the wrong direction. We also can feel a lot of heavy feelings. And for me, I was feeling shame over how I handled a situation on my team. I was feeling hurt by the person who kind of came at me. And that's what it felt like. I felt anger. I felt guilt. And I felt pure piss off, pissed offness at times. And I really had to coach myself because first and foremost, we're allowed to feel our heavy feelings. I don't even like to call those negative feelings. They're heavy feelings. And we're allowed to experience the broad spectrum of all the feelings And I know that many of us were raised to not express negative feelings. We were told when you're hurt to brush yourself off, dry your tears and get back up. 
We're told that we're not allowed to express anger or that it's bad to express anger. We're told to simply pick ourselves up, brush ourselves off and get on with life. And I actually think that when we feel our feelings, we're able to process them and transform them rather than bury them under layers of layers. Because when we bury them, they don't serve us. They turn into bitterness and resentment. And so I really worked on being able to feel my feelings. And when I work with businesses or schools or organizations that hire me to come in and really work with their team members on growth, part of it is creating an atmosphere of vulnerability where we're allowed to really share our true feelings because only then are we allowed, are we able to transform them. So throughout those days, I kept reminding myself, Kim, you are in control of your reactions and your thoughts are either leading to more bad shit happening or I can take control and shift them so that I get back on the track of ease and flow. And that, my friends, is not easy because we self-sabotage. We want to feel, I wanted to feel angry. I wanted to feel pissed off. I was getting some kind of gain by feeling those feelings. Uh, I was feeling justified and I was feeling like I was right and that I should not have been attacked. And so again, we have to be able to allow ourselves to feel those, but at some point we have to also take radical responsibility for our life. And it took a few days. It took a few days for me to do that. And I realized that I was a contributing member of what I was experiencing in the outside world. Hello, my friends. I want to interrupt this podcast real quickly to tell you about why we need to consider placing happiness at the forefront of our schools, businesses, and organizations. As you know, I travel all across the country giving motivational keynotes to schools and businesses because we know the very positive effects that happiness and well-being can have on our brain. We know that a brain is 31% more productive when we can get it at positive versus negative, neutral, or stressed. We know that when we place employee well-being at the forefront, they are 10 times more engaged in their job, 23 times less stressed, and three times more creative. It's for this very reason that I am passionate about delivering the science of happiness and motivational keynotes on understanding how we can become the best version of ourselves in our personal lives and in our work lives. When we bring happiness to the forefront, my friends, we change every single school, business, and educational outcome. If you're interested in booking a keynote, you're going to want to get on my calendar and go to www.stroboleducation.com forward slash speaking. So I really had to decide that I am responsible for my thoughts. I'm creating my future right now 
either by default, by letting life happen to me, or by trying to take control of my thoughts towards what I was experiencing. And again, this is not an easy task, but I find that when we can look at ourselves through the lens of compassion and be kind to ourselves, we can begin to make progress. But what many of us do is we slip into that inner critic mold, right? The inner critic mode where we start berating ourselves. We start telling ourselves, you're an idiot. You can't run a business. You don't know how to lead your team. You aren't a nice person. You're not a good person. And what we actually know about self-compassion is that if we're going to, if we're going to talk about compassion, we've got to talk about perfectionism because as Brene Brown says, most perfectionism comes from the fact that we were raised getting praised for being good. We got praised for how we performed. We got praised for our intelligence, our skill set, our achievement. And some examples of this might be landing a really good job, getting good grades, following the rules, making others happy, looking and smiling pretty and being nice, having good manners, all of these things. And what Brene Brown says is that sometimes we adopt a belief system that says, I am what I accomplish and how well I do it. And my value comes not from just being me, but being able to please perform and perfect. And I'm going to tie all of this into compassion and my story of several crappy days. I personally believe that perfectionism is the lowest standard that we can hold ourselves to because it's the very thing that keeps us from becoming all that we can become. And perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfectly, look perfectly and act perfectly. So for me, run my business perfectly, be the perfect neighbor, be the perfect wife, be the perfect mom, be the perfect daughter, that we can somehow reduce the pain of feeling blame and judgment and shame. Well, here's the deal. Perfectionism is also what makes our inner critic roar. And my inner critic on those crappy days was roaring because not only was I down there in those low level feelings of shame, guilt, hurt, and anger, but those were really hard to feel. And so then I went into blame and judgment of myself inwardly. And I find that Practicing self-compassion is instrumental to us being able to transform that energy, but it's one of the hardest things I've been learning to do. And I work with my counselor on self-compassion a lot. Um, according to Dr. Kristen Neff, she is someone who has studied self-compassion extensively, and she says it's made up of three things, self-kindness, how to be warm and kind and understanding towards yourself when you fail, suffer, or feel inadequate. It's not about ignoring your pain, okay? 
but it's not, it's also being kind, not having to get the good old whip out and slash ourselves across the back. Self-kindness is instrumental towards transforming some of those heavier feelings. And so for me, when I was having that string of really crappy days, and I found myself in that loop of just attracting more negativity, I was driving home from Evansville, Indiana, and immediately began to look for 10 things I could be grateful for. So I shifted into gratitude. Then I decided to be really kind to myself to say, Hey, Kim, you're a human being. You're not expected to have it all figured out. You're not going to always run your team perfectly. You're not always going to make the best business decisions. And so I was shopping in Costco at the time. And I thought I'm going to gift myself these beautiful flowers that I walked by. I'm going to extend some grace and some kindness to the woman who shows up more than anybody else for me in a day's time. And that is Kim Strobel. So the first one that Dr. Kristen Neff talks about when we're trying to understand self-compassion is learning to be kind to ourselves. The second one that she talks about is called common humanity. And what this means is suffering and feelings of personal inadequacy are a part of the shared human experience. It is something that we all go through. We all suffer. We all struggle. You are not alone in this. And I think that's really important to remember as well. And then the third piece of practicing self-compassion is mindfulness, which means taking a balanced approach to negative emotions so that feelings are not suppressed, but they're also not exaggerated. And I am a huge exaggerator. Like if I make a mistake, it's the worst thing ever. It's I'm a terrible person. I'm inadequate. All of these things run through my head. And what she says is we can't ignore our pain, but we can also feel compassion for it at the same time. We don't have to over identify with the thoughts and feelings that we're thinking so that we get caught up in the negativity. And I feel like those three things are really helpful. And when I go back to, thank you so much for joining me on the She Finds Joy show today. I'm so honored that you chose to listen to this episode. As always, this conversation will be continued in my free private Facebook group called She Finds Joy. You can join that group by going to kimstrubble.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other people just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we drop a new episode every other Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to kimstrobel.com forward slash review. That will put you in Apple podcast where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down just a little bit, you can leave a five-star review and write a few sentences letting me know what you thought. It's so very important to get people to leave a review for my podcast 
The reviews help me get higher on the iTunes list, and that will show up when people are searching for a new podcast, and it will really help us get new subscribers. So if I could ask one little favor for you, just to go to kimstrobel.com forward slash review, give us a review and give us a comment and let us know what's been helpful. Thank you so much for listening in. I am really honored to be a part of this community with you.